This is Six Feet of Separation. I'm Joel Jackson in the Seventh Ward in New Orleans, and in the Uptown Studio, Andrew Levy. What's up, Andrew? How you doing, Joel? Happy Sunday. Doing well. Happy uh, Sunday fun day. Um, days don't really seem to, I don't know about you, man, but uh, I have to take, dil- I put things into my daily calendar now just so I can, just so all the days don't bleed together. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm even doing it retroactively. I'm putting like action items that I did eight days ago into a calendar just to, <laughs> just because none of these days, one of my favorite Facebook posts during this lockdown period uh, was from an old friend of ours. Um, and the, the post was simply, it's Thursday. And it was like my favorite yeah. Facebook. Yeah, no, 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 that's it's pretty awesome. <laughs> fuck knows what day it is. I had more appointments today, like for a Sunday, than uh, you know. I, one appointment was biking through the French Quarter, right? <laughs> which is and down Bourbon Street, which is which is awesome. And another one was getting out to City Park, and we'll get into some of that mess later. But no, Andrew, that's helpful man, if you want to get out of a long conversation. You can just say, "Hey, man, I gotta, I gotta." You can see my phone's going off. I gotta get out of here. Yeah, I just people who try to get at me, I just share my calendar with them. You know, and they're like, how can you be so busy during the uh, during the shelter at home, shelter in place? You know, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. Well, both um, fortunately and unfortunately, I'm uh, I'm still employed, which means that yeah. I have to be roughly cognizant of when it's a weekday and when it isn't and check my calendar and see when meetings are and all that stuff. Um, well, I, thank I you for taking time out on your Sunday. Oh, no problem at all. It's my pleasure um, to get this little endeavor off the ground. Very nice place to be. Yeah, man. Speaking of that endeavor, we've got a little uh, housekeeping show notes. Um, you want to you know, let the listeners know kind of what our plan is moving forward with uh, Six Feet of Separation? Yeah, absolutely. So you know, Joel and I have been sort of shooting the breeze about how, uh, how we want to do this. And I think that conditions are changing enough and people are lonely enough and we're bored enough that (laughs) um, uh, we're going to give, give it a go to do this three days a week. It might not be the same three days a week, um, but uh, you know, we're going to, we're going to try our best to do it that much. Um, That gives us a little bit of flexibility and some time to do some booking of of good guests. We're going to do interesting stuff. So that's what we're looking at, yeah. and and of course, um, you know, we're we're gonna get. Uh, we we posted the first episode, and we'll post this, this episode. We're gonna cross post them on the "It's a Good Life, Babe" uh, website and podcast stream. But we are hard at work on getting this own uh, this podcast its own uh, website and dedicated RSS feed, yep. so that we can show up in your podcasting app of choice. Um, so, uh, yeah, we're going to do that. And we have, I, it, would you like to do the domain name reveal, Joel, or shall I? You do it, babe. All right. <laughs> the, dona- the domain name we have secured in these troubled times is sixfeetofseparation.show. That's not .com. That's not .net. It's .show. This is a show. It's six feet of separation. It's the show, baby. Uh, yeah, you're right. And uh, you know what's great about the guests, man? Everyone is so bored and everyone is so available. I think we're not going to have a hard time getting really good guests. Um, so uh, from not just New Orleans, as we've talked about before, uh, but from all over the country and the world. But certainly we're going to um, this is going to be this is going to be New Orleans leaning at the very least. 
um, but uh, but we're going to be calling uh, folks uh, all around the world because we're all going through this in some semblance of another together, right? I yep. mean, in your lifetime, Andrew, has there been something that's more universally connected people across the globe? Across the globe? Maybe 9-11 for a hot minute, but certainly not for this long. I mean, I was overseas when 9-11 happened, and, um, you know, I don't know what it felt like here in the States. I know we were all jarred about it and shocked about it over there, but it didn't seem to have the same um, intense impact on people's, you know, the, the pit of people's stomachs over there that it did over here. And so, yeah, no, this is one that we're all in together. Um, as sure. people are slowly, slowly, uh, way too slowly starting to realize. Um, I mean, so, yeah. 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 Um, the Olympics. <laughs> there might be, you know, in terms of a, a thing that that there's a connective uh, tissue, right? But not one's into sports. So... But let me get back to what you did slowly, slowly, slowly. I, I, I'm catching a hint of frustration there, Andrew, about maybe some things you're observing. Uh, and maybe well, in our community or others, what, what's up? Uh, I mean, I think it's on two vectors, Joel. I think there's the, you know, the stupid, uh, you know, Chinese coronavirus, Wuhan virus, uh, American virus, you know, BS pol politicking. So that's one vector. Um, but the other vector is that, you know, still today with, you know, we're, we're closing in on a, a million known cases worldwide um, and we're well over 10,000 deaths now. You know, people are still congregating. I mean, the, the police had to be called out yesterday to shut down a second line that was ostensibly yeah. uh, for a funeral. Um, you know, I'm reading stories about, you know, like kids going to spring break in Miami beach and South Padre Island and them getting home and their parents are saying, you can stay in the car, you know, like, and wow. you know, LA yeah. had to close its, its beaches and parks because people just weren't getting the message. And I think, you know, you witnessed, um, well, I'll let, I'll let you tell us what you witnessed over in Bayou St. John. But yeah, yeah. Speaking of that, uh, second line and, and I'll get to the Bayou St. John, um, uh, there's a a musician in here did a social media post and I can't I can't say what it was it was the uh, Rod Sterling from the Twilight Zone you know mm -hmm. and oh shit don't let me butcher this it was like I, I you know I'm gonna look it up in a minute so I can so I can do it justice but it was just uh, it it was pretty funny um, shaming it was a public shaming uh, on social media of the folks who decided to get together in mid city and do a second line yesterday. And, and I think shaming is important uh, during this crisis. What, what say you, Andrew? I uh, think we should be shaming you know, people for their behavior. Only because it's totally unsafe to gather people for a flogging, honestly, like, you know, <laughs> find some degree of shame. I, Arguably, you know, you and I and Griper and our friends, we dance close to the borderline. I'm sure there are some people who would object to, you know, four or six people even maintaining some degree of social distance walking around the park together. But I mean, like these people were on top of one another and just have absolutely it, it's I mean, part of it, it mirrors my frustration around people in grocery stores the other day. But at some point, people are going to have to figure this out. Otherwise, you 
it's going to be like it is in some other places around the world, like in France, where if you want to go to the grocery store, you have to have a signed letter with you when you leave the house, attesting on your own honor that you're going to the grocery store and that you haven't been in the past seven days. And that's it. it right. It, and they it, record it, you. The police yeah. enforce it. Yeah. And, and that it might come to that here because uh, New Orleans is, is an epicenter and uh, we have the highest death rate per capita. Um, in the country. Um, and yes, at Bayou St. John today, and then uh, our producer Griper was out there, I'm sorry, yesterday for me, and, and Griper, um, who's on the uh, on the levels here, um, was out there today. And what I witnessed was just, just, just gangs of young people all on top of each other that clearly aren't sharing the same abode. Like when I'm judging people as I'm out, I'm like, well, those two people live together. Those guys are life partners or whatever, or that's their family. And they're going to be on top of each other anyway. But that's not what's happening at Bayou St. John. <laughs> yeah. Um, COVID -19. Yeah. It, it seems to be something, a story that's repeating itself around the world um, where people are, are just not getting the message. Um, you know, house parties getting broken up and, and people congregating, you know, if there's one message, if anybody's listening to this, if you want to take away one message, it is just keep your distance, man. I mean, um, it, it's not that hard. It's not that hard. And you shouldn't have to be taught how to do it. And did you see um, what Jordan's doing, Andrew? I did not. The country of Jordan? Because no. they did the same kind of lockdown that we did and that Europe has done. And they were just like, people were still gathering, having weddings, well, you know, kind of what we're seeing here, but maybe a little work just completely flouting the guideline, right? Uh -huh. But they have a, you know, they have a smaller country, smaller population and a very big policing force per capita. So they can do this. And they basically said, y'all, none of y'all get to leave your house anymore. You don't get to walk your dog, nothing. Mm -hmm. If you go outside of the house without permission, you get thrown in jail. In the first 24 hours, they took four people to jail. You yep. know, like they're delivering food. They're just like, everyone stands for 14 days. We're going to bring you food, and that's how we're going to beat this thing. Of course, mm -hmm. that's not uh, a solution here. But I do think that New Orleans. It, it is might going wind up being the solution food. someday, Joel. I mean, it, it just might. Certainly. It's hard to say. Um, that's not the way we want it to go, but you see this random hodgepodge of governors dropping in and like throwing random quarantines on people coming from this state and that state, you know, right. as, as if the disease isn't already there and just sort of like hiding behind the curtain of not having been tested for, or it hasn't exploded yet. Like, I don't know, man, uh, there's so much bad, there's so many bad decisions being made. Like at, at a high level, I'm not sure I trust anybody who's going to try and, you know, like go a notch farther. Um, yeah. Or there are very few people I'll trust to do that. But in the meantime, you know, we have a collective responsibility to sort to, of to sequester ourselves. To, to, and, to, and to shame people. And, and shame to others. fucking shame people. Uh, I'm at a point where I'm just telling, you know, going to start telling people, you know, like y'all need to stop trading spit right now unless like, Show me your papers that you guys live together. You know, mm -hmm. I'm gonna, I'm gonna. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> I need to see your papers. 
Uh, oh, what, what do we got? Oh, man, I very much hear that. Um, so, uh, so we got some upcoming good guys real quick that I wanted to mention. In essence, we're talking oh, about the show yes, a little bit. absolutely. Um, like I said, we're going to have some really good guests now that we're up and running and we're getting our schedule together and everyone has, you know, doesn't have much to do. So that's going to really benefit, um, benefit the show and our listeners. And, um, but coming up, we've got, uh, Sue, uh, Zemanik, um, the, uh, the, the, the chef in restaurateur. Um, we have, uh, Tom Thayer, the, uh, owner of DBA in New Orleans on Fortune Street. Um, and both those folks will give their own unique perspectives of what it's like to run one a restaurant and another a music club. You know, the two things that drive the economy in New Orleans, right? And the, those two sectors employ so many people um, who are currently um, out of work. Um, and so that'll be interesting to get their perspective. And again, and this isn't going to be a cry me a river show because we're all going through this stuff, right? In fact, I... When I was biking through the French Quarter, I took a little turn down Frenchman Street in the Marigny today, and I saw a big sign on the front of the closed-down DBA music club that said, we're all in this together from afar. Or we'll all get through this together from afar, is what it said. Mm -hmm. And that's just that speaks to uh, Tom Thayer's spirit, uh, the spirit of that club, and so many musicians and people in the music industry in this town. Um, and so we're going to have some folks on like that. And, uh, and, and those, those two will both be coming up this week. Plus, plus many more. And again, we're going to reach out to people all over the world, um, to get various perspectives, but, uh, and we've got a good guest coming up tonight. Andrew, do we have any more housekeeping or, um, no, I think, I think, before we... I think it, it might be time for you to, to intro our guest and, uh, and I'll, Get ready to to patch him in. Yeah, let's call let's him up. Um, his this is Rome Julian, folks. Um, and uh, why don't we just call him up and I'll sort of introduce him while he's on the air, and and um, he can uh, correct or edit or add or you know whatever, however he sees fit. And it, we'll get into a really good discussion about microgreens and urban farming and filmmaking and all that good stuff. I did tell him I was going to text him. Hello? Hey, Rome. Hey, Rome. What's happening? How are you? Doing good. Good, man. Hey, you're on the show. Uh, this is uh, currently, we're, we're, we're recording now. This is a Six Feet of Separation podcast. It's a new show, and you're our second ever guest. And uh, I want to nice. introduce you, yeah, man. I want to introduce you to uh, Andrew here, who's the co-host. How you doing, Rob? How you doing? Nice Andrew? to meet you. Good. Yeah, man. Same. I think um, we're a little bit further than six feet away from each other right now. Yeah, you're right. It's uh, funny, cool, Rob. I, I saw you yesterday. I was biking out to City Park, and you were on the corner of Esplanade, and I think Grand Grand Route John, right there, or right there. Right. Rob. Yep. Um, yep. selling some microgreens and uh, I pulled my bike over 
And we were probably eight feet away from each other. And then we both instinctively both took one step further back. <laughs> Did you know? Right. That? Yeah. It was weird, man. It's like the weirdest thing nowadays. You see people you've been knowing and like friends and you're like, oh, hey, man, what's up? Oh, wait. You kind of <laughs> take a step in and then you got to take like five steps back. Like, wait, we can't even fist bump nothing anymore. Like, it's, it's to the point where, you know, you, you just stay distance from other people at this point just to be safe for others not that i'm accusing you of of being contaminated and i'm not accusing myself of being contaminated it's just that we have to do our part to play safe either way yeah why take a chance and let's just say that way we can say that at least we did our our part to you know stay the six feet away and and you know not be in close proximity to even our friends, man. It's tough. It's a weird situation, right? It's really weird. Out there. Uh, the, the, I agree. <laughs> Rome, the best advice that I heard from a, an infectious disease doctor, the guy was out of New Zealand or something, so I saw this video on Twitter, and he said the best way, if you're worried about getting sick yourself, the best way to not catch this is to assume, to pretend that you already have it and behave that way. And so I've got right, to yeah. That's kind of what I've been doing, like walking around and worry thinking, about not giving it to other people. Correct. Right. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So unless, yeah. Exactly. Unless you're a narcissist sociopath, like the Cheeto in chief, that works. You know what I mean? That that because you actually you have to have empathy, right? To uh, for that for that protocol to work. Um, yeah, and you just but, it's just keeping others in mind. You know, that's the important right. thing. That's what it's all about. <clears throat> It's, it's, but it's not all about keeping others in mind. Yeah, yeah, man. So what's going on with you? Before we get to what you're up to with uh, with Lake Tilly, uh, what's going on with you and in, in, in your household? You got a, you got a family there. How, how's how's it working out for you guys all being on the lockdown collectively? What, what's your what's well, the day, day with you and your fan? Well, it's uh, it's kind of you know, to be honest, it's it's like having a a, a homestead now uh full time. So, you know, we got the kids homeschooling. I have uh my daughter who's a sophomore. No, I'm sorry, she's a junior. And my son is a <clears throat> is a freshman in high school and it's like uh, you know, now they both at home. Used to being, you know, at school for all these years and now we're in charge of like kinda, you know, watching the workflow of what they learning and how you know, making sure they're completing assignments and t- taking quizzes at home is like now we. And then not only that, like how do we how do we make meals go further? And like, uh, you know, what meals can last us two days instead of just one day? Or you know, and we're starting to think a little bit more about spending and budgeting and having to be inside most of the time. Um, it just gives you know a much more family feel than normal, I got to say. But um, for the most part, it's been great, man, just being able to be with my family all the time. It's, you know, it's kind of something that uh, I could use being that my normal full-time job is 60 to 70 hours a week. So it's been fine, man. I've, you know, just been following the rules, watching the news and, Staying abreast of what's going on and trying to keep up, but other than that, it's just been normal life. Getting up every day, actually, and because I garden, I think that's why I say that uh, um, there's more of a homesteading situation 
as well because growing food now is even more important and uh you know i I can actually take my time and have the time to do it as needed every day so it's been it's, it's had some plus sides but the negative sides of not being able to hang out with my friends and fam other family members and just keeping a distance from everybody is just that's the tough part to deal with you know yeah sure. it's it's pretty lovely to hear uh about your tight-knit family um, so many people yeah. that I've um, talked to or <clears throat> listened to uh, or read um, talk about like you know how the families are starting to already drive each other nuts and and be so many parents that I know saying man we got to give our teachers a raise when this is over yeah you, <laughs> you know, know what I, my my kid the first week of homeschool and both of them got suspended. You know, it was like I was suspended both of them. I don't know where y'all came from or what do y'all like what do y'all value? What do they teach and y'all like oh oh wait, y'all are at home. Get out. They got they got detention. <laughs> they got expelled. Yeah. It, it, well it, it went straight to it went straight uh, straight to suspension. It just no detention, no demerits, none of that. We just skipped all of that. It was straight to yeah, almost expulsion, you know, two of those and you get ex- ex- expelled and you can't come back. Oh, man. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's tough, man. It is. It's true. It's like, man, those teachers deal with a lot. Yeah, and, exactly. Um, yeah, yeah it's, a tough, we just, it's a tough day job, man. And you got that 60 to 70 hours that you were doing for your day job. Um, were you in the middle of a film production when all this stuff hit? Something got shut well, down? Well, yeah, or? I'm. Yeah, for for the listeners that probably don't know, I'm a camera assistant, but it it actually happened right as our show was wrapping, the show that I was on. Um, we was just wrapping up production. Um, we had like two days left before other productions started to shut down in the city and in L.A. and whatnot. It was like, uh, they starting to pull the plug on a lot of these shows. I wonder if we next. And then, you know, we had one more day of shooting left and that's when, like, I think everybody else pretty much pulled the plug. Maybe one or two other shows didn't, and it was like, well, we got, we only got one day, so we gotta, we gotta finish this. And then they, they were supposed to go on to LA to shoot another two weeks of filming, but that all got pushed back. But, yeah, what so were I was you, on what film. were you working on? What show were you working on, or what film? Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Am I allowed to say? Or, I don't know. Maybe sure. I am. It was a. Uh, sure. It was. It was a. Uh, it was a. I want to say Netflix show. Uh, exactly. It's called Nighty. You probably won't won't see it or hear about it till next year. Maybe even yeah. longer now. Now that yeah. they push back the rest of the production, but um, yeah, I mean, you know, you haven't heard of it yet. <laughs> but, um, We'll be lucky if we see it, man. I'm, I'm, I'm hoping they push through and get it done eventually, or, or it may never happen. You know, it's just yeah. one of those, one of those things. But uh, yeah. And then from from that point, it was like, well, put all of my, you know, my uh, tools and carts and stuff in into storage, and let's let's just see what happens. In the meantime, let's let's grow some food. On the other hand, so it was it was yeah. I switched from one mode to the to the next. From putting sixty hours into one thing into being able to put that sixty hours into the other side hustle, put it that way. 
Yeah, man. It's uh, your side hustle just became your uh, primary hustle, right? Yeah, it's become the main hustle now in these times of you know uncertainty. Is is one thing that I'm glad that I I do know is something I'm glad I had already started doing you know four years ago. Right. And well, um, so, can you explain a little bit about what it is uh, your uh, enterprise produce Lake Tilly Acres? But just really, you know, me you 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 talked to me a bit and Jeff Deville back in the day on, on our other show. But uh, for listeners tuning in who don't know your background with the with the urban farming, uh, can you paint a little picture of like um, what you got going over there? You're on Gentilly, right? Uh, I'm in the Gentilly neighborhood. You know, and first of all, I just want to say, you know, you know, rest in heaven uh, to Jeff. I know he's listening to this right now and, and egging us on and, and whatnot, yeah, right. and tripping yeah, out over what's going on as well. Um, Dude, you know yeah, he's got so I mean, many I'm, opinions, dude. You know he's got a lot of hot yeah, takes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. He's got a lot to say right now. But, you know, um, but anyway, yeah, I'm, I'm in the Gentilly area. I'm near UNO. So, uh, near the lakefront in Gentilly. So, hence the name Lake Tilly. That's uh, why I call it Lake Tilly Acres. But, um, yeah, we right here in Gentilly, man, right by UNO. Yeah. Right. And you've got you got your thing in the backyard, and I think don't you have the lot next door? Is that what's happening over there? Yeah. Uh, well, that room. well, if you want to do square footage, I think because what happened, it started with like a twenty foot garden bed, and then uh, like twenty feet by like two feet, and uh, eventually I was like, uh, you know, hey babe, can we? Can I tear up the front lawn and put more garden beds? She was like, what? Are you doing what? <laughs> I was like, yeah, let's get rid of the lawn because I don't want to mow the grass every weekend. And let's just grow food right there. And eventually she you know, agreed and I busted out the tiller. Um, I rented one from Home Depot, I think, actually, and tore up the front lawn. And So now I have that space, which is five garden beds in my front lawn, and then I have my neighbor's yard. She allows me to grow. Uh, she's a senior, and she's no longer able to garden, so I kind of took over her garden beds. So it's three of those back there. So a total of maybe, what is it, eight or nine garden beds that's at my place here in Gentilly, along with the chickens. How many How many chickens you got right now? Uh, about 15 or so, mm-hmm. maybe yeah, fifteen to eighteen. So I haven't counted lately. So what what kind of daily yield do you get from with or weekly yield do you get from eggs? Well, one chicken lays an egg every twenty seven hours. Mm-hmm. Okay. So um yeah, if you yeah. So it's like an egg a day per chicken. Yeah. Um or yeah, one egg every twenty seven hours per chicken. Usually when they all lay in the peak of the season, that's that's Pretty much what you get. So that's um, crazy. I had no idea about that. <laughs> Me either. Yeah. So, so yeah. okay. So now that you've shifted that sixty hours a week from film production to enterprise produce, Lake Tilly Acres, what's that? How's that manifesting itself? You know, in terms of either production or, like I said, I ran into you the other, you know, two days ago, and again today. 
um, out on Esplanade um, selling your microgreens. Um, I assume that's not something you were doing um, before this uh, lockdown. Yeah, but it didn't afford me the time, you know, on weekends, maybe on Sundays. I usually try to get out there on a Sunday and, and um, do a, what I call a pop-up market where I just pop up. It's just me by myself, all the microgreens I have for that week. And, you know, I just catch the people walking by or riding bikes by or even pa uh, people passing the cars. And they'll stop and try to, you know, they'll see what I have and then they end up buying stuff where they don't. Um, <clears throat> now with the, with being pretty much without a job, uh, it's allowed me more, just more time to do that. So now I'm able to do it Saturday and Sunday and I may, may do it another day throughout the week, just depending on how much, um, you know, I don't sell the previous day. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So did, did before the crisis, did, did you have a lot of customers that were restaurants and commercial kitchens or? Were you mostly doing retail uh, farmers markets and that's it? Well, with the little bit of time I was able to, to dedicate into, you know, marketing and like getting my name out there and getting new customers. Um, I only uh, had a few uh, customers and yes, those were restaurants. So the restaurants uh, uh, compiled of maybe 80% of my, my business at that point and the other 20 was just like if i did a pop-up market or if people personally know me they want microgreens or something then that was 20 percent of the business but 80 percent of it was was restaurants so now and, and I, what does I'm, that look I'm, like yeah yeah what does that look like now yeah i'm feeling it now i can I, and, and which is you know all all the more reason why you'll see me more now because the restaurants are closed they can't purchase the produce. I'm still growing it. You know what I mean? It's like, I can't mm -hmm. let it go to waste. I don't want it to go to, you know, so I have to get out of the market to sell and to try to, to, you know, uh, you know, curve that by getting uh farm at, uh, farmer's market customers instead of restaurants. So like, so yeah, so um, I've seen the difference and it's, it's really obvious. But, um, you know, I'm working through it and it's just, it's one of those, one of those, uh, curves that I guess any business will go through in any kind of crisis or something like that, you know? Yeah. Just make it, and even allowing customers to be able to pick up from the farm or, you know, uh, or, or me delivering it to their doorstep and leaving it on their doorstep and we do like a PayPal or a Venmo situation. Whatever it is that we got to make it work now, like, like now that I don't have restaurant customers anymore, so I'm, you know, all options are pretty much open right now. Did did all so, of your restaurant customers dry up? I mean, a lot of New Orleans restaurants are still open in a takeout and delivery capacity, uh, including some of the yeah. finer ones. Right. By us being so small and being a small farm and um, producer that most of our clients were like small, you know, restaurants or small eateries or topless restaurants or wineries, you know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. so those places, they one, um, I don't think they were able to stay open or, or I don't think they were able to afford it really, you know what I mean? Being right. that they were small themselves. 
to be able to keep a staff on with uncertainties of how much, you know, they would sell. So I don't know. It just, I think a lot of people, the, the people that, the, the restaurants that's still up and going and like serving, that's, I want to say brick and mortar, you know, mom and pop places, like they, they really skeptical about how long that they'll be able to be open, I think, even. Is that right? Because there's some new customers I, I kind of like try to reach out to and they're like, nah, we really don't want to take any new product. We don't know if the mayor's going to shut the city down. You know, there's martial mm-hmm. law. Like, you know, I, I buy all this new produce and then I have to close tomorrow. Like, we don't know. So there's a lot of uncertainty. Right. So even now, even with the restaurants that's open, they're pretty skeptical on, you know, buying new produce, you know, I guess, from at least from a farmer. I'll right. put it that way. Maybe they can go to Restaurant Depot or somewhere and, and like, stock up on a bunch of stuff and then if they if it you know if it goes bad it's frozen already or you know or i don't know whatever the case is but sure uh, yeah fresh produce is is kind of for restaurants right now it's a little bit iffy but the the average uh person that that's been cooking every day now since on this quarantine and stuff like that they're more acceptable to the microgreens and the farmer's market and like you know, um, buying directly from a a, a farmer as a, as opposed to the grocery store. So, um, yeah, you're right. Yeah. So yeah, Julian, uh, Rome, you were saying that uh, you were talking about doing the uh, the to the door, drop off on the porch, and pick up from the farm. You have a you have an app that people can access. Is that is that how people do it? How how do people get get at you? Well, that's one way you can do it. Um, I just recently, like within the last week or so, I, I, I figured out that connected to my Wix site app, and it's W-I-X Wix. Um, yep. So connected to where I have my uh, my webpage, um, my website is connected to through Wix, but there's an app that you can access. And I just found out about it. And from there, I can like talk to my members. I can like update them on new products. There's a store online where you can go and shop for every micro green I have, or even like from collard greens or Swiss chard or any like fresh herbs, green onion, oregano, whatever I have, I can post onto that, that website. And it's like a little store. It's like going to Amazon. You can click and you you go, you scroll through and you select what you want. And, you know, it's even on there with shipping and everything, which I'm not shipping at the moment. Like, but, it, you know, it's it's more accessible. And then there's also services there that I, I that I offer. Like, uh, like if you wanted to start a garden, you don't know how I do consulting for beginning uh, gardeners and stuff. And if you want to raise chickens or have backyard chickens for eggs, I do consultant for that. I can show you how to set it all up. So I provide services dude, that, through that. It's just it's all in one place right there. Yeah, dude, that's, so, that's so, dope, man. That that consultation is, is that uh, gaining some traction? Then like a, very, a very, very, very slowly it is. I I I, I would like to only use that if I could, especially right now. And because you can pay through that, you know what I mean? Like you can, um, 
is this how, how do I find this app, bro? How do our so listeners Wix, find w, it? It's WIX. If you go to your apps on your phone, it's Wix app, A-P-P. So W-I-X A-P-P, Wix app. <clears throat> and then when you sign up to that, there's a there's a sign up code or like a uh, I think it's called a sign up code or something like that. And then you type the sign up code that's uh attached to my account and then it'll bring you I guess it'll it'll bring you straight to my account. But you still have to set your own little account up. Just your name. I mean you don't have to sell anything or do anything like that. You can just have an account just to be a member of my page. And that way, when I send updates or I do a blog, I can do a blog from there, or I can just upload pictures. You guys could comment. Members can can uh, message each each other. Um, it's just like a it, it builds like a little bit of a community thing. I don't know. Um, <clears throat> and it's free. It's a free app, so I, I would like to use that more if I could. This is something that's very very new, not only to me but to everybody else too. So it's like it's like a new way of you know accessing content or even uploading content yourself you know yeah to a degree as long as it's... <clears throat> yeah go ahead i'm listening yeah so in your website on, on wix if i'm not mistaken because i think i'm looking at it now is romeenterprise.wixsite.com is that right yes backslash uh, lake, lake tilly acres yeah yeah, exactly. So, so if you, you go, go, yeah, go ahead, bro. I'm sorry. No, I was saying if you if you at the top of that page when you click on it at to the home page on the on the website, on the top it says join us at Wix app, and that's the app that has all the other benefits of you know being a part of the farm the farm uh, membership. You know what I mean? And I even mm -hmm. can offer coupons and. Specials, sales, everything, even merch. Once I start putting my merch up, like if people wanted a T-shirt or an apron or a koozie or whatever, all of that stuff would be on that one at that one place, just at a touch of a button. And um, <clears throat> I, I think it's cool, and it makes it makes it easier for me to organize and give invoices and receipts or whatever, and to track, you know, how different crops are doing and stuff like that. So. I would like if if more people used it, but if not, I mean, just a, a old school, you know, back in the day phone call, and you could still get microgreens from me. Either way, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're right. And 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 for folks that didn't write down that URL, all you got to do is this because I just did it. Google Wix W I X Google Lake Tilly, one word, L A K E T I L L Y, which is the name of the farm. And it comes right up. It's it's pretty much the first thing, and uh, and, and you get on the um the, the Lake Tilly Acres website uh, with the enterprise produce from from Rome, yeah. and then you can go from there. And they got the phone number there, contact info, and um and you're gonna be out on the weekends, right? From uh, you're gonna keep doing the weekend uh, thing on Esplanade, right? Right by yeah uh, yeah yeah Esplanade and Grand Route St. John. It's yep. where the Don Villa, Don Villa Viso or whatever, uh, I forgot the name of it, but it's a cigar bar that's right there. It's a huge parking lot. And I post up right there. I usually have either, you'll see me with, you'll see me. Um, um, I, you know, you'll see, just look for the bright green uh, microgreens. 
That's, oh yeah, man. And 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 that, and that handle handlebar mustache, man. The, yeah, that, uh, the handlebar mustache. mustache. I forget about that sometimes. <laughs> oh, you do because yeah. you don't see it all the time, right? <laughs> yeah, I don't. It's like your nose. You don't you don't see it. Your brain is programmed to. Uh, yeah, you're right. You don't see yeah, your nose, yeah. even though you see it all the time. Yeah. Hey, let me ask you something, Rome. What's that joint? This is my Larry David moment of the podcast. That joint you just mentioned, the uh, cigar bar place, that's the one with the patio, right? Yeah, there's a little uh, little outdoor patio there. Yep. I've always felt like that place and then the other place that's now closed up that most recently was an oyster joint. Um, right, yeah. Those two buildings. I've always felt that those two are like, uh, laundering operate money laundering operations for some sort of uh, <laughs> there's dude and and, and look so listen to Tracy Birch brings this up all the time it's like there are certain businesses in New Orleans that you know they're just not making any money you know and it's like they're staffed up and they're open every day and no one you know, that's a, yeah yeah I, yeah I understand it because you gotta you know it's like that place and you know the foot massage place in the French quarters that, and I'm okay. I, you know, I, I walk right. I walk by these places I'm like how much does it cost to have a building first of all in the French quarter right like in the main area of the French quarter dude and then, these places yes and there's yes. nobody in these foot massage or back massage places and then ever. and then like and, no one's and, ever in there how are they and, surviving and then I'll even I'll even do you one better, Rob. You look at the campaign contribution to one Jared Brossett, who I ran against in city council, and you see who's like donating the giving the maximum twenty eight hundred and fifty dollars that you can in an election cycle locally, and it's those foot massage places in the French Quarter, not even wow. in his district. That's all I'm saying, man. Breaking news. Wow, it's just like you know, it's just one of those things you just always think so. I mean, to answer your question, I mean, <laughs> I, I, it's, it's, it's one of those, like, you know, mysterious corners in the, in the city. You know, mm-hmm. those that place is always changing. You know what I mean? It's always yep. something different. If it's not that one minute, it'll be, you know, a, a taco bar the next. And if it's That's not right. a taco bar, it'll be a, a, you know, I don't know, a karaoke bar. I don't know. And they're never, never doing an ounce of business, though. Right. <laughs> But the place that was the, the, the place where I set up and, and the reason why I think I do post up there is because it's such a blight in that beautiful community. I mean, Esplanade yeah. Avenue is beautiful. Oak oak trees, tree line street, you know what I mean? Like beautiful neighborhood um, right next to City Park. And then you have this blighted building that was once like a Circle K or something. And right. the owners refused to rent for less than you know, seven thousand dollars a month or something ridiculous. Yeah, you know that no one in the world could afford, and they don't want to sell it. So they rather just stay there and look blighted and boarded up and just, you know, dilapidated, rather than pretty, making it affordable it somebody for somebody to put an actual business there that can help the community. So it's a yeah, slap in the they they it's like a slap in the face from them. To say, hey, no, either you pay me seven thousand bucks a month, or I'll just keep it boarded up, and I don't care because I own it. And then me rolling up there every weekend with microgreens, going, hey, well, you know what? You keep it boarded up, and I'll stand right here and I'll serve the community and do something positive in this space that you don't want to do anything with. I'll do it. 
Uh, so it actually kind of works it. out for me. Yeah, I love it. It's like it works out for you logistically, but it's also uh, like bringing spiritual balance to the, both the neighborhood yeah, and the universe. And, and people love to see when I'm there. You know, there's people that pull over like, you know, rapidly when they see me and it's like man i didn't think you'd be out here today i'm so happy to see you so you know and it's just like somebody's doing something good with that space instead of just letting it go to waste and go to rot you know just yeah. rotting away like i'd rather stand there and sell microgreens you could call it laudering or what have you but you know <laughs> as long no, as I it, think i'm respecting the space like if i'm respect i'm not littering i'm not causing a disruptance and uh you know i'm not you know I don't know, playing super loud music or anything like that. Like, I'm not, <clears throat> you know, I'm not doing anything that, to, to, as bad as just letting this building sit here. I'd rather stand out here and service the community as they should be doing. That's that's kind of why I'm, I'm making a point to, to be at that spot, kind of. You know what I mean? I and and that's, that's super important. You know, like in times like these, it's so important for people to feel like their community is still there, even if they can't necessarily actively participate in it all the time. So, right. you know, when you say like, you know, people are pulling by, I didn't think you'd be here and you're there. It's like every little thing that we get like that is so cherished in the community, you know, just like, cause it's a, a simple reminder of normalcy. Yeah. And just, uh, you know, uh, yeah, why why would they not want to put something there that can benefit the, the community? You know what I mean? And they just want to own a building and say, no, I just want money from the spot. The community doesn't matter. Kind of. And I try, think it's messed up. So. I'm going to try and look into that room and uh, and see who owns that property. Yeah, the guys who own Brothers, like Brothers brothers Chicken or whatever, like the gas station uh, guys or whatever. Yeah. It's them? It's one of those big gas station dudes who own it, and they, like, refuse to sell it, and they won't rent it for less than uh, a strong, you know, a crazy effect. I can't even get the words out. It's so ridiculous, like, the amount of money that you have. Yeah, we have uh, a... Rome, Rome, we have a... This is a a new show, and we're still developing our uh, segments on the show, but we have one that I'm just going to debut here right now. And it's the shame out of the week. It's not the dog out of the week. It's the shame. Shame out of the week. Shame on you, gas station fried chicken brothers. Yes. You know? Yes. Shame on you. Yeah. You make enough money. Yeah, gas station fried chicken's pretty good for a gas station fried chicken. Come on. We got to right. give them props it's for the fried chicken. The There's yeah. no question. I do like brothers fried chicken. For real. Seth Rogen yeah. like, gave them props on some television interview. Like He was filming a movie down here. They're like, what are your top five places to eat and he named like brothers fried gas station fried chicken was included um yeah he was know, hammered that's why he was hammered and he went in there <laughs> 24 hours and you could stumble in at like 3 a.m and get a hot piece of juicy fried chicken it tastes like the best fried chicken in the world yes yeah you're right they and, are uh, necessary <laughs> you know what shame on them for fucking like fucking up that beautiful part of uh mid-city um, but hey, had, had they not fucked it fucked it up, then I wouldn't be here talking to you because you maybe I don't know I I you know I'd be at some other shithole, uh, <laughs> to, you know, shit <laughs> old spot trying to make it look good with my you know what I mean? A, a, a shithole that's not on my route to City Park every day. <laughs> right, right, and I'm I'm just lucky that it is. So shame on them, but good on them for giving me the opportunity to be there. So yeah, yeah, you're right. 
I think this might be a good time to segue into speaking of segments. Rome, we, we got a segment on the show, uh, Crisis Diversions. You know, we're in this crisis. We're in this public health crisis. We're all locked down. Um, I, you're, you're the hardest working dude I know. Um, I've always felt that way about Thank you. you. And Thank you. Uh, from, from all the times I've, I've met you. And uh, But do you, do you have any time to just have a diversion, be it a book or tunes and cut songs or streaming TV content. show, movie, some something that you discovered to to distract you from the the monotony. I mean, other than other than suspending your kids from school. <laughs> well, yeah. Oh, that's a tough job. Um, <clears throat> well, now that Peaky Blinders is over, I'm waiting on a new uh, season of Peaky Blinders, but. Um, yeah. <laughs> now, uh, usually my diversion is always some form of education, um, whether, yeah, if it's reading a book about how to streamline um, farm stuff or how to go about, you know, acquiring land or like, I'm always, my diversion is, is trying to look for real estate and like trying to see what land options are available and yeah um i mean as far as i'm not a i mean i make a lot of tv but i don't watch a lot of it ironically i just i just don't um i fall asleep if, <laughs> if i'm if, if, I, if i'm watching a good and it's got to be a really good movie that's how i know how, how good it is is how fast i fall asleep it's like wow i fell asleep really fast on that one must have been a really good movie can you watch a movie or a television show without being uh, consumed by uh, composition and camera choices, lighting? Yeah, I mean, I can, but it's hard. And my wife will tell you, like, uh, it's, 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 not, it's something she had to get used to. Yeah. Me uh, really just yelling out in the theater, man, that was out of focus. Oh, babe, that was, <laughs> you know, or I saw the reflection of the cameraman or I saw the boom shadow or anything like that. Yeah. I'm, it's tough to be able to watch a movie with me and she's gotten used to it now. So, but you know, it's just once you're in that, in that, um, that training for so long and, and you're in that process, you know exactly what's going on when you're watching a movie, how it's done and you know, what all that took, how many people, whatever you you automatically watch a movie differently every single time so yeah it's hard but you know i think that's what kind of make it boring for me like television and movies in general become boring after Mm -hmm. 10 minutes for me is it like just like it's like me at work (laughs) right is it the same thing like picking out produce at the rouses yeah well i I think (laughs) well not quite because when I go to Rouse's, I realize how much more expensive my vegetables are. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know mm-hmm. if that's a, I don't know if that's necessarily a good thing. It's like, oh man, it's like wow, <laughs> I really do ask a lot of my customers. But I mean, but the 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 difference in quality is is that's what you you're know, paying for. That's what you're yeah, paying for. It's, it's, it's worth every penny. Unmistakable. It's unmistakable, man. It, it really is a big difference. And, you know, um, but yeah, I mean, going grocery shopping for me is, is, is kind of like, well, let me see 
you know, how bad it can get now. You know what I mean? Like if I yeah. had to, if I had to, to pick from this trip, this is all I had as far as choices for vegetables, how bad it is. And then I go in there and a lot of days I'm like, man, it's pretty bad, you know, but hey man, for don't, the most don't, part, you know, don't don't get discouraged. You know, like one thing I was reading today was um, I think it was on Slate. Um, someone who's a member of a, a member of a, a family that owns a chain of grocery stores somewhere in the Midwest, and you know, they were looking at their operations. And the the thing that they're most worried about in this crisis is their supply chain. You know, a lot of fruits and vegetables that come from far afield piggyback on commercial flights, and as commercial flights go away. Uh, or get significantly reduced, then the expense of bringing that produce in from overseas skyrockets, right? So right. Uh, stay heartened um, as it gets harder and harder to get to get fresh fruit and vegetables from from out of the area. They're going to have to rely on on local options. So you know it wouldn't be a bad idea to reach out to a Rouse's or a Canseco's or a Whole Foods even locally and say hey you know like we're doing this we're doing it every day and maybe your customers will be interested or consider us as a fallback right my only issue with with um and that's a good that's a good point you bring up because yeah of course they're going to need to fill a fill a void of course because you know you they will lose money bringing in vegetables and fruit from other places the problem with being a local, you know, being a small, I'll say a small operation um, mm-hmm. is that, and I've tried this with putting, I had my microgreens and Consecos at one point, and, you know, it was, I was blown away by having that opportunity, but I realized it was killing me be, because of spoilage. Um, I couldn't keep up with the amount of spoilage that was occurring in if they didn't sell it, they weren't they weren't gonna rebuy it if they just had to throw it away. So I would have to replace it right. if it's spoiled. So I would I would I would end up investing way more into selling one container of microgreens because just just because of spoilage. Because of right. how finicky and how fragile this product is, that it it really defeated the purpose of even being in a grocery store, even though saying, Hey, my product is in Conseco's, thank you. My product is in Conseco's, but look how much it would cost me to keep it in Conseco's. Yeah. So yeah. that's my dilemma with it. Until I can resurrect uh, maybe um, <clears throat> storage, or I, I don't know how to actually resurrect them, uh, or how to fix the problem um of that i have as far as microgreens now other produce if i had like collard greens or swiss chard or beets or something i'm sure the shelf life is a lot longer yeah but the microgreens once they get wet with the condensation by being in an open air you know like an open cooler Mm -hmm. that's exchanging with hot air and cold air the condensation happens my my greens go bad in three four days right so yeah but but you know I am still open to grocery stores. It's just it's just I, I'm trying to figure out how to do it without investing more than I need to. I don't know if that answered your question. But. No, 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 no. I mean, that that totally answered my question. That's a very interesting uh, 
perspective on it. I mean, I, I understand the pressures that come with, with stuff like that. I just, you know, it, it's, we're early yeah. on in this crisis. You never know how things are going to develop. So, um, you know, keep, keep our eyes yeah. open, I guess. Yeah, so, absolutely. I think, I think the bet and and I'm all about the direct to consumer. Yeah. Approach to farming. I want to, I want to cut out the middleman. I'd yeah. rather you just say, hey, Rome, um, what microgreens you have this week, even if it's one small container. Look, I'd rather, you know, I would I, I would deliver it to you. You know, mm-hmm. I'll, you can come and pick it up. I will leave it for you. You know, I drop it off on your porch. However, you can PayPal me, Venmo, whatever you want to do. And then, it's, you know, we don't even have to see each other, but I'd rather do that than to you know, for you to have to go to a grocery store and, and find my product probably spoiled on the shelf. Yeah, that makes sense, Rome. So, and <laughs> let, let me ask you two things, man. Um, what did you have? Uh, what were you selling this weekend? Just so people know, like, if they come by next weekend um, at Esplanade and, and, and Grand, Grand Route St. John, what what can they expect to find from you? Um, this week, uh, and there's always a variation. It depends on what crop, what seeds I have in, and yada yada. But this week, I had um, <clears throat> I had pea shoots, mm-hmm. and I had uh, broccoli sprouts. I had Brussels sprouts, cabbage, uh, turnips, and collard greens. Nice. So those are the different varieties of microgreens I had. Um, now those those crops do change. So next week it may be a little bit something different. I think I planted because I planted today. I think I planted some kohlrabi, like uh, radish, and um, uh, what was it? Uh, kale and uh, pak choy stuff like that. So every week is kind of different, just depending on what seeds I have at the at the at the moment. But you can always guarantee you can always find you know something you like out of those variety of greens if you like something spicy if you like something more you know just uh just a green like lettuce filler or you you know you like brussels sprouts you know you of course you get brussels sprouts but you know there's always something there for somebody yeah yeah you're right man and uh and so uh folks you can uh google lake tilly acres you're gonna get that at wix page um so you know how to reach out to rome also, you got this Facebook page that I'm looking at right now, um, where it looks like you're updating when you're at Esplanade and Grand, Grand Route Saint John. Um, yep. And so check check out Rome Julian uh, A U L I A N on Facebook. Rome is R O M E. Folks, go, go out and support uh, a local urban farmer. Eat some good food. And and the other thing, man, is. Dude, Andrew, chime in here. Going to the grocery store fucking sucks. It's it's kind of it's yeah. not res- almost not responsible going to the grocery store because well, if you're no, no, hang, hang on, shit, hang on, hang now, on. Now you got to get food. I'm not. Those are my words, not yours. I'm okay. saying, not. I'm not speaking for you, Andrew. It's. I feel a little ir- if I'm trying to keep my compu- community from having this virus spread further. I feel guilty about walking into the grocery store. I take every fucking precaution. You know. But uh, it's your spot. It's open air, and um, there, there's not there's not surfaces to touch, and there's not uh, um, aerosol stuff hanging in the air like it hangs out in the uh, in, in indoor spaces. 
but but sorry, Andrew, what you got? No, 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 no. Sorry, I just didn't want to go so far as to say it's irresponsible <laughs> to go to the grocery store. People, listeners, you got to feed yourselves <laughs> feel, during this crisis. I, I feel that way. I feel that malnutrition way. is a killer too. But no, you're absolutely a hundred percent right. You know, Rome's taking the precautions that you need to take. It's totally safe. It's a. It's it's probably um, a healthier experience to go be buying some microgreens. Um, than uh, at, by the side of the road with Rome than it is buying whatever crap it is that you're planning to buy at the supermarket. There can be no question yeah. there. Right. Yeah, you're right. And I, I appreciate that, man. And, and I, I'm glad that y'all, you know, appreciate what I'm doing as well. So, and I appreciate what you guys are doing, putting the word out. So thank you. Man, man happy to help. Yeah, man, yeah. it's awesome. I'm, I'm loving it. I'm loving what y'all are doing. Six feet of separation. I mean, yeah. it's like it's like it's a perfect title for a podcast. I mean, it's like uh, right now, that's where we are, as, and it's not just in New Orleans. It's like normally, it's like we talk about <clears throat> strictly things that's happening only in New Orleans. We love New Orleans, you know. You know, I'm being New Orleanians, we just die hard. Everything is New Orleans, and then the rest of the world now everybody's on the same playing field. Everybody's got to be, take the same precautions. Everybody's, uh, it's like everybody's waiting on this, this hurricane that's coming. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Like this is, this yeah. is actually worse than a hurricane. It's, it's like, yeah, like out of all of the hurricanes and I've been through Katrina. Like I was, I was stuck here, you know, six days after with two babies. And that was that was about as bad as you know as to get. But this is is not <clears throat> it's not you know we we at least we have the the safety of our homes and and the you know the ability to be able to go out for a walk and you know I'm I'm able to garden like I want. Like I feel like we we are extremely lucky to at least have that freedom. But it's still just as bad as you know, as if a, a big storm was coming and there's nothing we could do about it. There's no way to run. There's no way you can run to go away from the storm. Yep. You know what I mean? Like you got, you have to just buckle down and deal with the circumstances. And the best way, you know, the best way to, to do it. I, I mean, I kind of see what you're saying about feeling irresponsible by going to the, to the grocery. Cause every time I go in there, it's like, you know, we all putting ourselves at risk just so we can eat. That's right. And, and and provide for our family and get nourishment. And, you know, I mean, yeah, it's just that's how we, you know, because everybody got away from gardening and growing their own food and having their own vegetables, we have to rely on the grocery stores. So this yep. is this is this is kind of like us as humans, you know, realizing that, I mean, and, and now I get so many calls from people that want to start gardens or want to get chickens and, you know, have right. their own eggs. Like, nah, man, we should have been, we shouldn't have never got away from that. Like, our great-grandparents had their own chickens, they had their own garden. You only went yep. to the store for meat, some meat, and you went for bread and, like, you know, grains. You didn't go, yep. you went for everything you didn't grow. You didn't go there for tomatoes or cucumbers. Now we all relying on the store for cucumbers and they don't have any. And we want to be all upset. But I don't think that, you know, <laughs> I don't think that that's, you know, logical. I think you should have your own cucumbers in your backyard. That's just me. That's my way of thinking. And that's why I, I do what I do. You know, and I'm, you know, I make sure that 
I have my cucumbers in the backyard. That way, if the store shut down, at least we have cucumbers. Like, I, I mean, but it's just, it's, I forgot where I was going with that, with that whole point I was making. But I think, like, at this point in time, there's nothing better than getting back to what actually, you know, makes us human beings and be able to survive no matter what. And what got us to this point before we started relying on everything to do it for us. Before we started yeah. relying on fast food and like, you know, Uber Eats. You know what I'm saying? Like what what did yeah, people do? <laughs> I think I think there's gonna be a lot of resetting, uh yeah. potential for resetting um with this public health crisis. Yeah. And hopefully uh you uh consulting over the next three or four or five or six or twenty four months. And, uh, you know, if two years from now the vaccine's out, this whole thing is completely behind us. And there's a 150 families growing their own stuff in their backyard. You know what? There's going to be some silver lining out of this whole thing. Man, you know, it'll be awesome. It'd be like living yep. in Italy, maybe. I mean, and not to take away, I know they went through a big hit and, and they're dealing with a different crisis, uh, more of the same, but. I mean, you go there, I mean, those people, I bet they're not scrambling at grocery stores and, you know, buying up toilet paper and all this other foolishness. That's just like, no. yeah, you're right. like because they yeah. have, they, they, you know, they grow their own vegetables. They have their own cows and chickens and stuff like that's not the issue is how are we going to actually get people well, you know? Yeah, that's the that's what they focus. We focusing on, you know, how many rolls of toilet paper, or how, you know. I don't know, man. It, no, I know, I, I know what you mean. I mean, I think hopefully a lot of good things will come out of this, whether it's uh, being more sustainable with energy locally, um, even like uh, we're about to wrap this up, man. But like, so I'm not going to go down this rabbit hole. But even with healthcare, you know, hopefully uh, we get to a point mm-hmm. where we don't we don't have health access uh, tied into employment, and so health access is is just something that. Uh, that is available and um, you know, uh, there, there are just some fundamental things in this, this country in particular. And you just pointed one out in terms of our uh, reliance on uh, uh, mass, ag- you know, uh, macro agriculture um, that it, it would be nice to get a little fucking flick in the nuts um, as yeah. a society and, uh, and change our ways a little bit. Just a little graze. You just got to graze the nuts. That's just, all it takes. Just graze them, Just graze them, and that's enough pain to, to send a ripple effect out. You know what I mean? I understand what you're saying. Yeah. Is it just, if it makes yeah. you skip a couple of breaths, you, you got to yeah. hold your breath for a second. It gets your attention and, a little bit. Eh? Exactly. <laughs> and that's enough to recalibrate and maybe yeah. make a different choice moving forward, you know? Yeah. That's, 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 that's our flick in the nut segment of the week, Ron. We just, we just came up with that. Hey, I'm, I'm glad I contributed to that, man. <laughs> you know, you can call it flick of the nuts, but all it takes is a graze. You know, <laughs> we call it the flick. You can get flicked, but all it really takes is like a, a gentle graze of them. And you yeah. know, it'll, it'll get your attention, man. You're a, you're a kinder soul than I am. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Norm, uh, on that note, on that note, man, we're gonna let you go, bro. We appreciate it. Oh man, I, oh man, I appreciate the call. Thank y'all for letting me be, you know, one of your guests tonight. Mm-hmm. And y'all keep up the good work, man. I I'm loving it. 
Yeah, like, likewise, Rome. Likewise, I'm, I'm, man. I'm going to keep seeing you on that corner, and uh, I'm going to come up and hit you up this week. Five feet away. Come on now. I got specials now. Tell your friends. <laughs> right. I got specials. And if you know if you know Joe, then you get a you get an extra. I, I'm not going to tell you what your, what your coupon is yet. But you <laughs> redeem your coupon through Joe. Just say Joe sent you, and, uh, you know, it's all good. Yeah, you're right. Don't forget to wear your athletic supporter. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Wear your cup. Don't be right. Don't be don't be grazed. Don't, don't be grazed. Yes. All right. All right, Ron. <laughs> hey man, right, have Ron. a good night. Hey, good luck with those kids coming off suspension next week. Oh man, uh, they they need more luck than I do. <laughs> I'm sure they do. <laughs> <laughs> you guys be good, man. Thank you, man. Y'all stay safe and uh, we'll get through this thing. I'll talk to y'all soon. All right. All right, yeah, right. Thank you, man. All right. Thanks, Peace. Later. Bye-bye. Later. That was fun, man. Um, that was a lot where of fun. We at? Where, where are we at on time, Andrew? Uh, about a buck ten. Good. That's about right. You want to wrap yeah. things up with maybe a couple of our own crisis uh Diversions of the week. What you think? What you got? Uh, how do you, you want to? How do you want to take it home? Uh, let's see. What what diversions? Well, you know, I I don't know how many of you are aware that there's still free TV over the air uh, in America. Um, what? But yeah, nope. There's still free TV over the air. If you have an antenna in New Orleans, it's particularly conducive to that. There's like 60 channels of free TV on there, and. Um, one of the channels that I discovered today is a channel called Antenna TV, which is focused mainly on reruns. But they were broadcasting okay. a uh, a marathon of a particular favorite of mine, a show called News Radio from the '90s. You might remember it. Um, had Dave Foley from Kids in the Hall, Phil Hartman uh-huh. uh, from Saturday Night Live, Stephen Root, um, Joe Rogan, Maura Tierney, Vicky Lewis, Andy Dick. Um, wow. anyway, that is a very diversionary way to spend an afternoon watching, watching a very funny and underrated 90 sitcom that you might've missed. So check out antenna TV and check out news radio. That's my crisis. And that, wait, is the antenna TV available on my television right now with my antenna? With your antenna, it is channel. I, th- I, I just looked this up and now I've forgotten it already. I believe it's channel 26.2. Awesome, dude. I'm going to double check that. I'm going to double check that. But yes, I, I believe feel, it's 26.2. That feels like something good to nap to in the afternoon. Um, I got two things. Um, both these are, I'm always mostly going to, it's always going to be TV um, or movies or whatever. Um, two things. Um, our producer Griper will love this because uh, this movie was one of two movies <coughs> that was on a loop sorry in flagstaff that's the corona call folks (laughs) just just kidding that is not a funny joke um that's uh allergies in fact but one of two movies griper that we watched in flagstaff on the back porch for one song one was shakes the clown but my recommendation um for this week is the other one grapes do you remember which one that was what house party House Party. House Party is a quintessential, awesome um, <coughs> coming of age. Fuck. Wait, is that the you one with Kid and Play? Oh, yeah, man. 
Absolutely. <laughs> oh, right on. You know, my, uh, yeah. my, my friend Lulu actually hollered at me the other day and we were asking, asking what I was doing in the afternoon. And I told her and then she told me that she was at home watching House Party. I'm like, how You're do you kidding. know about House? How do you know about House Party? You're, you know, she's like 31 years old or something. Dude, it stands the test of time, Graper. It does. One of the things that I love about it is that there's a scene when they're actually in the middle of the house party and kid and play do a dance together and they invented the foot shake. Right? <laughs> oh my God, they totally did, yeah. Which is so perfect for these times when we can't uh -huh. touch each other's hands. And you can still stand if you're tall enough like Griper and I are. You can stand six feet apart and still do this foot shake. Yeah. So Google that. Google, Google if you don't watch, watch house party, by the way. You know, if you're Where's not it racist, streaming, Joel? You want to see some African-American coming of age in suburbs. Um, this is not boys in the hood. This is like, you know, an upper middle class neighborhood, high Fresh school Prince. sort of thing. It's not Fresh Prince. Um, <laughs> that Somewhere where in you between. Can Google where you can stream it. Um, that's easy enough. <clears throat> House Party is the bomb. Um, and then my second one, I think I'm just bringing this on you guys. I'm going to do... Um, the Jeffrey DeVille Memorial uh, of the Week uh, Crisis Diversion, something that uh, he inspired me, or some, some connective tissue to our old pal who's, who's no longer with us. Um, the Dana Carvey show um, oh, was man. Dana Carvey had just left SNL. Um, they were going for this sort of dark humor on uh, ABC in primetime following like, that whatever that Tim Allen show was or whatever that was so hugely popular. But get this. The reason this is a Jeff DeVille connection is Robert Smigel was the head writer who would go on to do Triumph the Insult, Insult Comic Dog, which is one of Jeff's favorite things of all time. Um, so you had Robert Smigel, who not only did Triumph, but also did the ambiguously gay duo. And that uh, premiered on the Dana Carvey show but it also had two comedic actors who had never done anything before outside of live improv in Chicago. And those two gentlemen were Stephen Colbert and Steve Carell, right? And then they also had the other head writer besides Smigel was Louis C.K. And Louis C.K. shows up on this show too. And man, they didn't, they didn't just get canceled. They like lost all their sponsors after the first week. And then they just made up like, they were just like went to Taco Bell and were like, can we just call this the Taco Bell show? And then Taco Bell got fed up after one show because the humor was just pretty dark. Not dark, it was subversive. And then it was like Mountain Dew had the sponsorship for three or four weeks, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, it was a brilliant, brilliant show ahead of its time on the wrong network. If this would have been 10 years later on HBO, this would have ran for 20 years, you know? Um, really good stuff. And you can stream that, Andrew, on Hulu right now. It's good Right show. on. Yeah. I got excited. Wow. Maybe Brom is right. <laughs> Maybe Jeff is looking down on us and putting some pep in my step. But yeah, that's, that's it for me on Crisis Diversion. Um, is that about a wrap for this show, y'all? Yeah. I think, huh? uh, I think we've reached the end. Right, what do you think? Yeah, yeah, I think that's about it. Anybody you want to shame? Generally, specifically? Uh, how about those four kids I saw sitting right next to each other sharing a giant bag of 
crawfish on Bayou St. John today. Yeah. That counts as a shame. It that does. Counts as a shame. Let's shame, shame those people. You. Stop yeah. doing it, everybody. Seriously, in all seriousness, New Orleans is an epicenter of this shit, and uh, we need to uh, follow protocols, and let's get the shit behind us and don't be stupid. Yeah, right. uh, for your own sake and the sake of your community. Yeah. All we don't right. have a sign-off on this show. Andrew, what, what are we going to do for a sign-off? Uh, you know, um, man, you can't do that on the fly. You got to think that through. But I think for today... Six feet of separation, everybody. Stay separated. <laughs> People people want to know how the sausage is made, Andrew. That's what this is. We're showing people how the sausage is made. That's fair. So here, why don't why don't we open that up to our listeners, whoever they may be? (laughs) If you have ideas for a sign-off line, um, or maybe you have some ideas for for a topic that you'd like to see covered um, as the COVID crisis rambled on, whether it's New Orleans related or global or Somebody, uh, some city you want to check in on, uh, send it to us at info Ooh. at six feet of separation. That's S I X feet of separation dot show, not dot com, not dot net dot okay. show. Info at six Dude, feet of Andrew, dot show. I love that. I love very specifically what city do you want us to check in on? If you write us, and we will check in a city, just Brightest and one thousand percent guaranteed. We'll check in on somebody in that city. So hook it up. Right on. This is y'all's show. You're the you're the listening producers. That's what you guys are. <laughs> All right. Well, because we because we clearly need guidance. Yes, we do. We need help. Um. So from our right. little corner of the world to your little corner of the world. Um. Thanks, Griper. Got it. Um. Thanks, Joel. Yeah, um, and and a shout out to uh, to our guest, Rome Julian, and Lake Tilly uh, Acres. Um, you know, stop by uh, over at the corner of Esplanade and Grand Route St. John, and uh, and hit them up. Hit them up. Buy some mi- microgreens. Uh, and, uh, can I give a Can I give a shout out to our unofficial sponsor, being uh, Elios? Yes. Yes. Elios Liquor Store here uptown. Word. Uh, 30, 30 hams for 15 bucks. Amen. Yeah, you're right. Look, for all, in all seriousness, uh, these aren't sponsors yet, but uh, support your local restaurants wherever you live. Um, if there's, you know, maybe once a week, give everyone's pension pennies. Maybe once a week, if you can afford to uh, do the takeout or the delivery, um, and if you can afford to do the gift cards for future use, whatever you can do. Um, if you see or, your favorite, or music, if you're just okay. capturing and freezing nutria meat, you know, we want to know all, about all, it. All that stuff and, uh, support musicians where you can as well. Um, I know it's really hard to, to tell so many people who are all, uh, hemorrhaging, uh, income, um, during this crisis. Um, but, uh, if you have the ability to, uh, you know, uh, support, uh, musicians through their streaming video feeds or, you know, restaurants and, and whatever endeavors they're up to. Um, I think I think wherever you are, <clears throat> supporting what's happening in your local community makes a lot of sense today. 
as opposed to a larger organization uh, that's international and national. That's that's my opinion. But um, you know, support support your neighbors, your the the folks who make your life um, uh, great in non-crisis times. And on that note, we're going to sign off from all of us to all, all right. of you out there. This is six feet of separation. Signing off until next time. Yeah, you're right. Y'all. <laughs>